Africa Money Show. The Africa Business Report. Victor Homoswana swanning away somewhere posh this evening in downtown <laughs> Johannesburg, no doubt. Tell me about cement output across the continent. I mean, cement, uh, we, we know that PPC is going through all sorts of trials and tribulations at the moment. It's expanding across various African yeah. geographies, but African countries themselves are producing their own homegrown cement. Yeah, Ethiopia, remember, PPC is invested in Ethiopia, so maybe that's about that. The regional cement output now the highest in East Africa, 12.6 million metric tons per year. It's overtaken Kenya, which was historically the dominant player with 7.4 million metric tons or so between 2012 and 2013. But that's exactly the point, Bruce. We keep talking, you and I keep talking about the hydroelectric power projects of Ethiopia, they also have a project there that looks more like the how train, if you like, the high-speed train that crisscrosses uh, Addis Ababa. So there's a lot. I think when I was there the last time, the Minister of Urban Development and Construction said something like 5,000 kilometers or some large number like that of roads that they need to build, and some of them are going to use cement to do. And as I've always said, until you've visited Addis, you don't know what a, a construction boom looks like. So that's exactly why Ethiopia would be leading in terms of regional cement output. But of course, Central Africa is still the lowest, and it's not surprising. Central Africa is where the DRC is. Although there's a huge backlog, the production capacity is very small. And I must tell you, when you travel booth and you see a 50-kilogram bank going for $40, you know you are in a Central African country of some sort. Uh, and the Kenya flower farms, they seem to be in a spot of bother. Yeah, you know, it's because of the tax-free access that expired. October 1st, they are now being taxed. So goods entering the European Union from October 1st being taxed. And Kenya flower exports, Bruce, we know 75%, I mean, at least 30% of the flowers that are sold in Europe come from East Africa, Kenya in particular. So there, there are farmers in Kenya that are saying, well, if we are not going to be getting the tax-free access that we've been having to the European market, well, maybe we should move to other geographies. But it's what happens when you get economic partnership agreement tools and not the African Union negotiating the whole deal for the African Union because then the European Union will get deals with one country and not the other. That's, that's creating that kind of problem. I can tell you, if this problem is not resolved, it's going to be a major, major, major catastrophe for the Kenyan economy, because flowers are a major part, a huge part of that. 60 farms or so that are affected here, operating in the lake, lake town, town, or lakeside town of Naivasha, but 75% of the flowers that go to European market come from this area. So it is something that I witnessed in 2010, I think, 2008, 2009, when there was a European credit crunch. The Kenyan economy did feel it because they were not selling as many flowers as they were used to selling. Uh, and should the Mozambicans be concerned about the fact that uh, Rio Tinto is setting coal mines in Mozambique? Is this the start of a, of a disinvestment trend? Well, it's not good for the brand, Bruce, but this is a real tinted deal that I think went bad. The chief executive, Tom Albanese, was the casualty of that. It was one of those deals that you make and then you realize, oops, I might have bought something that I'm not going to be able to bring to fruition here. And the reason being the logistics, the, the coal is still in demand, although we know the prices aren't as great as they used to at one stage. They went through it. But what happened here was it was the infrastructure. The real team of people had hoped that they could take some of their coal on barges down the Zambezi River, but the government overruled it because of environmental reasons. And, and that's what I keep saying to people, that 
don't think that African countries that are poor or are still developing don't care for environmental integrity and they won't ask you to do an environmental impact assessment. So I don't know the details of what happened at Rio, but it happens from time to time. They had bought the mine from, uh, from they took it over from, from Riversdale Mining when they, when they took over that in 2011. So it's just one of those bad deals, but Mozambique is still attracting a lot of investment. And then tell me about somebody called Amadou Mata Bar. Yeah. You know, I put him in the storyline, Bruce, because he's one person I'm really thankful for for what I do today on African business. There's a website called allafrica.com, and that's the website where you find a whole lot of newspapers from all over Africa that supply stories, feed stories. So what he did, he was the executive chair of this and co-founder. He received an award, the Lifetime Africa Achievement Prize. I think he's from... Senegal or one of the French-speaking African countries, but he received an award, Millennium Excellence Foundation, for his contribution to media development in Africa during the award ceremony that was held on the 10th of this month in Nigeria. He was cited for having helped restructure and privatize also the Pan-African News Agency during the 1990s. So he's a real one, who's one of those people you would give a lifetime achievement award for in the media world. But as I say, I just know him as the founder of allafrica.com and All Africa Global Media, which owns that site. Uh, and then finally, I mean, Nigeria has been quite successful in terms of cutting its food bills. I, I think we can learn from yeah. that, can't we? Yeah, we should, because remember, they used to be net importers of a whole lot of things, including rice. They have dropped the price of imports, food imports, by about 1.6 billion or so. And that is not, I mean, by 2 billion. And it's not an exchange rate, it's got a translation gain, Bruce. It's because the Nigerian government deliberately went over the past five years to invest in the food production. They are now exporting cassava chips, they're exporting rice, and that's exactly what you get when you focus and you dedicate resources and policy infrastructure to developing a sector. That was always a driver of the Nigerian economy before 55 years ago when oil became the mainstay of that economy. But it's one of those successful things. It's not only Nigeria, by the way. Ghana is in a similar position where their focus on agriculture is starting to pay off. Victor Homoswana with the Africa Business Report. Thank you, Victor Homoswana, joining us this evening on The Money Show. Good to have you with us on this Tuesday evening.